0: Jewish Latin Princess episode 132, Jenny Goldfarb, founder of Unreal Deli. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women. And from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Calling all the vegans out there, or women like myself, definitely not vegans, but somewhere in the recess of my mind, perhaps this is true for you too, I kind of wish I was. I've thought about it many times. I have a million excuses why not to be. Huh. <laughs> But well, Perhaps after today's interview, you, like me, will be tempted to try a super cool vegan meat alternative, Unreal Deli. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. So I did a thing. I didn't become vegan, but I did go on vacation, really. First, I had a bit of a staycation, and then I really went on vacation, I kind of cheated, though, because even though I was on vacation, I still launched an awesome program. I did a five-day challenge in Spanish, which was a huge hit. And I launched a program pretty similar to my Jewish Money Makeover right after it, but in Spanish. And we start this week with a cohort of awesome Spanish-speaking women who were inside my challenge. And I loved it so much. And I've gotten so many questions via Instagram. Are Is there a program like this in English? And I'm like, yes, there is. And it's running right now but I will let you know when it opens again. So yes, I will open it again. I'll probably run it with a challenge again. Um, This will all happen after Tishrei though. So right now I'm focused on finishing my English program and I'm starting my Spanish program, getting women ready for Tishrei and tapping into the abundance that God has in store for each and every one of us. So if you like the sound of that, stay tuned because I will be teaching more of that. Um, In the meantime, I did have a blast polishing my Spanish and connecting with a new and awesome audience. And I did go away to a wonderful place in Florida, which I can't say much about because my family requested that it stays completely private. But let's just say it was my happy place, guys. Uh, It evolved waking up to an incredible view of the ocean every day and just opening a gate and just right away being literally on the beach. It was heaven and it was exactly as I grew up. And I loved every minute of it. So now let's go to the iTunes review section and pick a listener review. As I told you, I will be picking out reviews every week. And I know I've been missing in action. I know I was away, but we're still doing it. I'm picking out reviews every week and highlighting them on the show and then offering a 20 minute call with me. So this review comes from Chevy Class, who says, I am hooked. Yeah, Elle is an incredible host, insightful, inspirational, and above all, so real and relatable. Thank you. Her guests are the same, offering a plethora of topics and ideas so prevalent to the Jewish female population. I highly recommend. Well, thank you, Chevy Glass. Be sure to email me at yael at com and let me know that you were the one who wrote that review and we will coordinate a time to get together on the phone. I hear a lot of noise outside my office. <laughs> and now, today's episode and guest seems to be just like what you described chevy glass i have jenny goldfarb on this show and oh my gosh is she fun first of all full disclaimer i'm not vegan in fact i have a friend who calls me a dinosaur which i probably should be embarrassed about but it is true i'm kind of a dinosaur and i have had periods in my life where i've been like hmm this might you know maybe cutting down on the meat might be a better way to live and my husband has asked me you know we should do that But um, I guess I'm too lazy to even begin. (laughs) But it was fun for me to hear from Jenny Goldfarb, founder of Unreal Deli, and her journey towards becoming vegan. But more than that, what is really super awesome about this episode is the different spiritual insights that Jenny shares with us, plus, Jenny's wit and savvy in taking Unreal Deli from something that started in her kitchen at a Hanukkah party to the vegan deli meat of choice at places like Whole Foods, Quiznos, Mendocino Farms, Sarge in New York City, and more. And you will hear about Jenny's triumph as a Shark Tank participant and so much more. If you've ever thought about a business idea and you keep putting it in the back burner, perhaps listen to Jenny and her journey carefully because she got messy and she did the thing and she kept iterating until the thing was real, people. Although it's unreal. It's on Real Deli. And Unreal Deli is thriving. And hey, even dinosaurs like myself might get into it pretty soon. In fact, I've placed my first order. So if you want to try it also and see what the media and consumers are raving about, you can place an order at unrealdeli.com and use the special coupon code LATINACAST at checkout to get 15% off any item in the store. That's LATINACAST at checkout to get 15% off any item in the the store. The offer expires September 3rd at unrealdeli.com. And now, here we go, ladies. Here's the quite hysterical Jenny Goldfarb. Jenny Goldfarb, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. It's so great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Ya'el. Pleasure to be here. You are the creator of Unreal Deli, plant-based deli. I mean, I can't wait to dive in. You should know that I'm not vegan, but I think after our conversation I probably might be convinced. <laughs> and there is so much to unpack here. Why don't we start with the impetus to launch sure. this incredible venture?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, so uh, I grew up uh, as a non-observant Jew. I know you have a strong Jewish background, so I feel like that's relevant to get into a little bit. And then when I was a teenager, I got interested in Jewish spirituality, mm-hmm. and so much so that when I graduated college, I told my parents that I was turning down a job I had for a big marketing firm, and I was moving to Jerusalem to study Torah for a year.
0: Really?
1: And- yeah. And and because of that, I like to say that it sort of increased my consciousness and helped me see a lot of the interconnectedness of the world mm-hmm. and definitely like increased my empathy and wanting to like do good and do mitzvahs and help people and help the world and do my own bit of tikkun olam. Right. And so fast forward a number of years later, I'm living in Los Angeles. I'm a young married woman. I have uh, two very young children very close together. And one friend of a friend on Facebook starts posting posting videos of some general everyday animal agriculture. Nothing like incredibly terrible, but just kind of what you see. And I thought to myself, I'm sure this can't be any worse than I already imagined. It's not a wonderful situation, but let me just see what it looks
0: like. Uh-oh.
1: And i oh is right. I, <laughs> this is why I don't click, Jenny. <laughs> this is why. No, don't click. Do not click. It'll send you down a rabbit hole and earn, get you on Shark Tank, a deal with Marquee. Okay. So here's what happens. I start seeing these videos and like my jaw drops and tears well up and all the works. And then I guess Facebook then says, oh, you like seeing content oh, like that. Oh, no. Stop. Uh, i keep going. Thank you, Facebook. Look where it's led you. Let's go. Uh-huh. So... Oh, so, you know, your next career may come from Facebook Mm -hmm. knowing what kind of video content you care about. So I started really absorbing all of this and it sat real heavy on me. And finally, one day I said to my husband, I want to go vegetarian. I just don't feel right eating, you know, eating meat. Eating, mm-hmm. you know, chicken, and so he was not thrilled. <laughs> he said to me, "You know, we, we that's all we kind of know how to eat. You know, vegetables are like a side dish. How are you going to replace that?" And so I said, "Let me try and figure it out." And as I was trying to figure that figure it out, I saw more videos. I saw videos of dairy farms, which are actually somehow more heartbreaking than the meat farms, and I saw egg farms and even fish farming. And it's it's not only heartbreaking; it's actually just from a humanistic perspective, it's totally unacceptable. Uh, if you've ever like, you know loved a dog, pet a cat that you've appreciated. I mean, you you just can't even, you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy with these like sweetheart innocent creatures deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I then went back to my husband and said to him, we're not only going vegetarian, we're gonna go vegan. You can imagine he was even less excited. And so he challenged me and said, if you can make it equally as delicious, all right, I'm on board. But I had no culinary background, Yael. And I was coming at this with like knowing how to put a piece of chicken in the oven and take it out thirty minutes later. So this Did, was like where I was coming from.
0: Yeah. Did you at least enjoy the kitchen? Because I know I'm like, I'm in and out like the faster I can get out of there. the Yeah, better. I wanted to get out of there. I had two little kids. I had no
1: time for like, you know, ambling around through the grocery store and looking <laughs> for new items. And I, I had like no real de- to do this. I just kept saying to myself, like, I know that this is like not right for the world. Mm-hmm. And this is not good for my body to be eating this kind of suffering, nor do I want to pay for it to continue. So I have mm. to figure out another method, you know, so I purchased every vegan cookbook I could find. And I started figuring out how to cook from the produce and grains aisle. And there were a lot of very, very, very lousy meals, many of them along the way. But every so often, there were delicious meals. And every so often beyond that, there were some I'm like oh my god this is so good how is there not both meat and dairy in this okay really, like, not, you would think and so with that just those occasional gems i created a website called count your colors which was my kind of like vegan blog attempt uh-huh. where uh, my two little kids sat on our countertop and we we cu- created these little sweet little recipes and It was just a nice endeavor. I wasn't getting famous from it. I wasn't making money from it. We just did it to kind of put it out there to the world. I wound up creating this corned beef recipe. And by the way, Jenny, in the
0: meantime, as the gems are starting to come out of your oven, Uh, is your family still kind of like (laughs) eating meat and you're just keep, you're the one keeping vegan and you're just like, you know, when the gems are coming out of the oven, they'll eat it. But if not, there's something else in the house. Or is this was like cold... (coughs) This is kind of all I was making. Now, we always had,
1: like, oh. pasta as backup okay. and other things. But I was like, I don't want to bring in, you know, food that suffered, you know. And, and You were like,
0: determined.
1: I was pretty determined. And, like, once you start thinking about it, like, my kids know, like, this food is like dead animals. It's like, mm-hmm. dead animals? How are we okay with that? You know, you could say maybe a thousand years ago you didn't have the opportunity to grow something. But we've got that opportunity today. So I wasn't really letting stuff come into the house so much okay you know we had to eat uh, a little dairy maybe slipped in here and there I wasn't like you know but but for the most part this is what I was making this is mm-hmm. what I was buying my husband wasn't going to the grocery store and this is what we had
0: okay so we start this blog and so what happens then
1: so what happened then was I made a corned beef out of beets chickpeas tomatoes this magical ingredient known as a uh, high protein wheat which is the protein part of the wheat grain which yeah. is kind of like a binder and mm-hmm. some other vegan meats, okay? And a really complex spice blend that sort of harken from uh, these like New York Jewish delicatessen roots that I had going back 100 years to my great grandpa because uh, I ate a lot of actual real deli growing up. So I sort of knew what the flavor profile was supposed to be like. And I created this delicious deli meat, this corned beef, kind of like a pastrami, a little bit like a corned beef. And folks, we I served it at a Hanukkah party. Uh-huh. And- it was only because it just happened to coincide that I didn't post it on my blog right away. I served it at the party, and folks said to me, this is the most delicious thing like I've ever eaten. So basically, I, I, started ser- I served it at a Hanukkah party, this, these little corned beef sandwiches, and there were all these folks, including some, some vegan haters in our life, like just some friends that thought we were taking our family on a crazy hippie crusade, and when they tasted it, and they said, this is so delicious, That really meant something to me. And I said to myself, maybe I shouldn't just post this recipe. Maybe I should see. Maybe there's a way to try and make this thing in some kind of a commercial kitchen and try and sell it. I had no idea. But I started putting feelers out there to some friends because I was a little bit in, like, the vegan universe in L.A. Mm -hmm. saying, do you know anyone that has any vegan food products? And sure enough, someone told me about someone else who had a little company making little vegan dips And I reached out and said, can I bring you a sandwich and meet with you? It's really nice in the food world because you have, like, food that you can naturally, like, kind of give as, like, a little gift for trying to open up a relationship. Right. And um, it's really nice in the food world because you're able to, like, bring the food as, like, a little offering to try and get yourself in the door. And so I bring my sandwiches Sitting there, and I'm saying, you know, I'm wondering if I could try and grow this thing. You know, they taste the sandwiches. They say it's delicious. And they say to me, you know, we have a commercial kitchen. It's like a tiny little space, but it's commercial, meaning you could actually sell. They were like, do you want to start renting it for $25 an hour? I was like, mic drop. I'm in commerce. I've got a business. So my mother-in-law thought of the name Mrs. Goldfarb's Corn Beef because (laughs) it sounds like some Jewish bubby that's like 80 years old that weighs hundred pounds and makes the best corned beef and then my husband actually thought of this term unreal
0: he was like it's so not real. good
1: it's so good right so good
0: it. so good i think like the husbands usually have like these like amazing ideas
1: <laughs> sometimes they do right so anyhow i um we wind up kind of piecing that together and unreal was born i started making this in tiny batches my own hands washing the dishes doing all the stuff And at the same time, I'm cold calling different delis around Los Angeles because I thought that like the Jewish delis, they're going to be like, it's going to be like simpatico. I'm going to be able to like reach out to like the, you know, Jeff Cohens of the world and Mark Cantor's and whatever. These like Jewish guys are like guys I went to camp with and I'll be able to like walk in there and give them my sandwich and hopefully
0: it goes well. But at the same time, are you selling it to like people in your neighborhood? Like is somebody buying it at this point? I wasn't selling in my neighborhood. I was really thinking, can I try and get
1: it into like an establishment? Okay. If I can get it into like a real deli that like suddenly like legitimizes us
0: more than like, oh, my
1: neighbor wants to get a okay. couple.
0: Of packs, so you're basically you know? making the product and saying, now I'm going to go for the big guys and see if they would buy it in bulk. Right. And, and
1: to say big guys, I mean, at the time it was big guys. Now it's like a right. little Jewish deli is uh-huh. like nothing. But at the time, yeah, that was like the biggest deal. So I, I cold call these delis and I'd had some sales jobs before. And so I couldn't realize, like, I couldn't believe how easy it was to be able to call up these delis, get the owner on the phone, get them to say, yes, I'll meet with you. So just that alone was like blowing my mind. Because
0: okay, can, many of- that's, that's like, can we just stop right there for yeah. listeners? Because there's just two things that I want to highlight. Number one, yes, like you just said it, it is easy like we just have to get uncomfortable and pick up the phone and do yes. make those calls and be yes. and actually expect the best to happen <laughs> right? right and number two what backing to what you said you put it out there like you had fillers like you say taste this can you can I come show it to you like let me see what people are thinking and saying I think that's so important sometimes we work on our ideas like at a vacuum like <laughs> in our little space and that doesn't work oh, totally you know our
1: mutual friend Kathy Heller is big on like put the messy out there. If you totally. haven't like be, like the most perfect shape or this or that, just get it out there. Get feedback. See how you can roll with it. And look, when I made those calls to those delis, they weren't always smooth. I remember calling one deli one day. It was like I don't know, maybe eleven thirty a.m. And the woman like scolded me, like, "How dare you call during lunchtime?" And I was like, I <laughs> okay. hung up the phone. My ego was all beaten up. And then I said, "Don't call during lunchtime." Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'll call again. <laughs> exactly. So and then I also learned that, like, I had this long rap of like, you know, vegans, the future. And I want you to. (laughs) And then I learned that finally, folks were like, yeah, we try samples, meaning like, that's just like a thing that's done. So like, if you ever will try it, like meaning, I don't have to give this massive pitch, you just have to say, can I come by with a sample? And typically, like, all right, we'll do it. So Anyway, I wound up getting my foot in the door in like a half a dozen delis around Los Angeles, including some of the biggest ones since like 1948 that's open till three in the morning and has the most perfect black and white cookies, now has a Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Sandwich on the menu. And not just on the menu, like front and center on their permanent menu, it turned out, with some of these guys. So it was my dream to start there and then to move up to the next tier. What's the next tier? In this case, it was chains where there are a number of locations because then you make one sale and suddenly it's then populated into like a number of spots and then we wanted to get into Whole Foods and Mm -hmm. so I found out for months that does that's not an easy process people think you know I remember when I got into Whole Foods they were like how'd you do it I was like I sent 75 emails (laughs) once a week and I remember for a while like every now and then they'd write back like hey yeah we're interested we'll reach out soon and my husband was like, you should get a little, like, aggressive with them. And I said, no, 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 I just have to keep coming with love every week, like, as if we're buddies and they haven't, like, you know, not like been that. responding. Like, it's all good. And so one day, I know that there's, like, some Jewish inspiration to this whole podcast because, uh, so I'll mention this, but I had my third baby and the day, like a day and a half after she was born, after months of trying Whole Foods, I got this call yeah. that said, we want to bring you into 58 stores, we're going to have you work with the sandwich partner of ours to set it up and ba ba ba. And it reminded me of this line from that Talmud that says babies bring mazel, you yeah. know, anyone yeah. say, Oh, yeah, you're starting this business, you're pregnant with your third kid, how's this ever going to happen? And it happens when there's a will, there's a way. So right.
0: right. Yeah. Amazing. So give us some time for listeners to understand. Over what t- time frame, time span of time are we talking about? So there's a the Hanukkah party. Right. We get the orders from s- half a dozen delis. Yeah. And now we're going for the bigger guys. How much time has passed?
1: Okay, so it's like a, we're talking about a year and a half ago Hanukkah.
0: Now, right now we're
1: recording in August. So yeah, like a year and a half ago. What? Uh, yep. And then Whoa. that February, very early February, I met that little co-packer, which is the food manufacturing facility, the little commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then by March, I'd made like my first couple of sales, April, May, June, more delis. Then, then, by June, I guess we were in about a half a dozen delis. Then at the end of June, June 20th, I had that baby. Mm-hmm. It's now just over one. And I got that phone call about Whole Foods. It took still several months to get it fully in Whole Foods, but I got the call that they were, we were going to start the process. In August, I got a call from Shark Tank because I filled in like a 30 second web query application. So
0: cool. So cool. Right. Yeah. Who's so, helping you? Are you just a one woman show t- at right at that point? The show At this point. Yeah. Not today, but no, at I'm that sure. point it
1: was. Uh huh. Um, and I, I had like some chutzpah coming from my father who was like a big deal entrepreneur who went through various successes and failures, but like just came into his whole, like the whole world of work with like just a fabulous attitude and a real gumption to like do every part of the business right. and to, like have a lot of mastery over right. your work. So, sure. and he was also helping me at least, at least being like a, a sounding board right. and like registering the you know the corporation and things like that that weren't like my forte so I had a little bit of backup but it was I was cooking it I was selling it I was doing the picking up the kids from preschool I mean all that was kind of on me for quite a bit and then at some point I get this call you know from Shark Tank but I was also starting to work with a new commercial kitchen facility where it was going to be made for me so I was going to pay them per unit to make it for me so that I could really concentrate on, like, sitting at the desk, talking to people, mm-hmm. making the business.
0: Uh, at this, great. at this point, the recipe is kind of perfected. Like you've nailed it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Exactly. Um, and then, so I get this call from Shark Tank, and you would think, like, okay, great, you sound good. You're, it's a cool product. You're on the show. No way. There were like, literally, like, six fifty page applications that needed to be filled out by hand. Oh my god. <laughs> like with crazy questions asking, like, you know, the most insane background things you could ever imagine. (laughs) And then finally, it was September of last year, I had my air date. And I got on the show and it was like, it was kind of like when you, you know, there are like these like huge doors with huge locks of like, you know, the most important people and things. But when like Hashem wants it to happen, it's like, you, you can just push it open like it's nothing. That's honestly what it was like. Hmm. I gave a pitch. It was this kind of quirky thing where I started off in this New York accent, and then I got to like a regular accent, I guess, or whatever it is that I, however I normally speak. And it was kind of funny and punchy. And then we went into the question segment, and I honestly felt like it was easy. Really? I knew my answers. I was ready for it. I had like quick one-liners I was able to execute on. And I was seeking out $100,000 for 10% of the business, knowing in my mind, if you know how the show works, usually you wind up giving up more. I was going to give up up to 30% for that $100,000. And I wound up getting one offer from Mr. Wonderful for the $100,000 for 20%. So mm-hmm. I already thought in my mind, I just won this entire show. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was thinking. And then the next offer was Mark Cuban. And he goes, I'm going to make this real easy. I love it. And I don't know if you know this, but he's Jewish. Yep. He's actually not Cuban. He's not le- le- Latino, but he's he's Jewish K- uh, from Pittsburgh, originally middle class upbringing and uh, self-made billionaire. And he said, I love it. I want it. He goes, I'll give you two hundred fifty thousand for 20 percent. I said, done, done. It's over. So he gave me a hug on stage and said Mazel tov, And it's been a real pleasure to work with him. Uh, I email him every week. Really? Uh, we just, he's really yeah. been involved he's not like deeply involved, but I tell him like the general events each week. And he always sends me some little snippet. And then he has a team under him, business developments, you know, there's an accounting person that I get access to there's, you know, the the attorneys, should I ever need them sales folks. So it's, it's great. There's like a real infrastructure there. So great. And I saw how
0: you you were so sharp. And you you (laughs) were like, like you own it, like you were there answering those questions. Like you own these guys. (laughs) No, I, I felt like I was just coming with like,
1: all the right energy. Like I wanted to do good in the world. I knew there was a good business. I knew the market was exploding. Like, I had that kind of confidence. So if you're ever gonna do anything like that, like, Feel that, have that integrated within you, and then walk into that meeting knowing that, and you're—it's kind of like a sure bet for success. I like to think.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw you, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, she's owning this!" Uh, <laughs> Asking you about the valuation, and you're like, "Yep, that's that's it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. My one of my one of our friends said, "I'm the shark" on that episode. So. Yeah, seriously, you were the shark. <laughs> right (laughs) exactly so what was your previous before this what was your were you you working in business like do do you have a other than what you learned from your father like kind of by osmosis right so uh graduated college did that year in Israel came
1: back had that same marketing job was waiting for me just another testament to like yep you know pursue your spiritual dreams you know grow your consciousness and the physical world's not going to let you down and so um came back to that for a little bit. And then I started a family. And because of that, I was a little bit out of the workforce, but I still wanted to like make a buck and help pay for preschool mm-hmm. and like feel like I can buy myself a splendid sweatshirt and not, right. you know, and it'd be mine. And so I, I wound up selling designer jewelry. I got like an eBay account and I figured out how to like win an auction at the last minute on like with like David Yerman and Cartier jewelry. I wound up having this like ridiculous jewelry collection for a while and then an order would come in and I'd like ship a piece out and I'd buy another piece and I was like just making some money just doing that for a bit Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah so when that I sort of like let that go to the side when I started the vegan cooking blog.
0: And then, of course, uh, there's you know no real interest in that at this point. Yeah, right, right, right. Now, Jenny, what about is it kosher certified? Is there any plans on doing that? What's the story there? Certified by the CRC. Oh my gosh! Clinical Council. Okay. okay so that means I'm trying this I might even I told you I might go vegan <laughs> Yeah, you listen when you taste this not
1: only that but you're gonna love that you could put a slice of real cheese although I still suggest vegan cheese on this and you're gonna feel like you're eating the most sinful sandwich in the world and you're eating all these incredible
0: vegetables now so far the story is unbelievable but I want to um highlight that in any of these processes, there are challenges. And I'm sure you had times where you were like banging your head on top of your desk, like going like, where is this going? What am I doing? Totally. So the well, yeah. biggest
1: thing was when COVID hit. And what I haven't actually yet discussed publicly is that my father wound up getting COVID. So degree at L he was 28 days on a ventilator and told we were told many times he was not going to make it so that oh my gosh that was like the most heart-wrenching thing obviously it also affected the business and having you know my dad as my like everyday sounding board but it like just broke me apart in so many ways Mark Cuban was praying for him I mean everyone like cared and wanted the best it was like a literal miracle that we got him back but aside from his situation, the business also suffered back in March and April and May and still has some effects because restaurants were so terribly hit by, by COVID. And many closed, many places that we were signed to completely closed. Many said like we're closing for a few months or whatever it is. And so there were these regular reorders that we were expecting and we weren't getting those. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that definitely affected us. And we figured out that like we really needed to pivot during this time in order to like stay afloat. So we've been working now for the last couple months and we have about one more month to go until we're gonna be coming out in retail grocery stores. So all along we've been selling on our website and to restaurants as I've been mentioning, but never on a grocery shelf except for a couple little one-off vegan veggie grocery stores. Mm -hmm. So coming out in September, we're gonna have our first retail packs of both corned beef and turkey. That's like our newest creation. It was another thing we did in uh, during COVID. We like got deep into the R&D kitchen to develop this next SKU. And so <clears throat> anyhow, uh, that's sort of like our response to COVID in terms of like being able to like meet the consumer in the grocery store on Instacart or however you're getting your food these right. days now that the restaurants are seeing such a big slow
0: down. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Jenny, when you hit those like moments, like, what helps you like from a spiritual (laughs) perspective? Because like when you talked about what just happened, it was such a it's, it's, it's very challenging.
1: Right?
0: What what do you feel like helps you there spiritually to get keep it together? You
1: know, I'm into taking walks here in California. California we have marijuana legalized which I can take in when things get dicey for sure which definitely helps to like help me compartmentalize because sometimes like you know one deal or one thing forget my dad's sickness but like you know one thing comes through and it's not the way and it can like take over your whole brain space but I find that if I'm able to like take a puff for some people do a meditation for some people that have a glass of wine but that's sort of my thing that like if I have the opportunity to do that I'm able to like See my whole life. My whole picture is much bigger, and like whatever this thing is that took over is now one little piece of like a whole big picture. So, mm-hmm. honestly, that's
0: that's my personal.
1: You're way so to funny.
0: To you are. His, his, you're so funny. Now, um I want to go to your husband, and all this is he now part of a business, or he's your? So for a little while, he was helping me with
1: like deliveries and stuff when I needed him. He's actually an Emmy-winning television editor. Oh. And he's been fortunate to be able to work during most of this kind of COVID time now. Uh, And so he's just a very big like ambassador, but he's not actually like, you know, intricately involved in the day to day. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And your parents are in New York? No, my parents
1: actually in South Florida, although yeah, we come from New York originally.
0: Oh, very cool. So yeah, I did hear something about it. And you sort of alluded to it about your background from your grandfather, right? That that kind of like also served as inspiration. (laughs) for the deli.
1: My great grandpa immigrated from Romania as a teenager without his parents and without speaking English. So if any of us think podcasting, shark tanking, that we're doing anything special, we're not. They were doing special stuff. We're just here going through the motions, basically. Right? So he came as like a teenager to New York, not speaking the language. And he worked as a dishwasher in his first New York City deli. And like the classic American dream, like the classic Jewish dream, he became the owner of many New York City delis and cafeterias. No. <laughs> so, so it was like this entrepreneurial spirit coupled with this like delicious corned beef pastrami was like in my lineage. And that's what I feel like I'm like drawing from every day. So good. Yeah.
0: So good. It's like you <laughs> could see like the the nachas that they probably getting like your great grandfather, your <laughs> whole family.
1: Actually, I'll tell you one more thing because this is like spirituality and business and all this stuff. So I've read a few Hasidic stories, which makes me think that when I was on Shark Tank and I said, my great grandpa was in the deli business, came from Romania. Mark Cuban goes, so was mine. So was one of my great grandparents from Romania. And it made me think, because I've read all these Hasidic stories that... That it may have been that, you know, his family and my family, someone owed someone a favor there in Romania. Totally. And then in New York City, the Lower East Side deli scene, because he said, my family also came to New York and worked in Lower East Side delis. Someone also owed someone 100 bucks or whatever it was. Totally. And now here again, he's investing in my business. So nothing happens, you know, everything happens for a reason. And
0: nothing, I, nothing I, is coincidence. It's all divinely ordained. I totally, totally believe it. It, it was a shit. Like there's something about these two souls that needed to reunite in this <coughs> way. And like you said, it must come from way, way right. before. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> totally, 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 totally! Wow, yeah. Jenny. What about um? So we talked about what you do. If you were to say what's Judaism for you in one word, because I know you're so connected in so many ways, what would you say? like a one word? This is what Judaism is in my in my mind.
1: I'm maybe gonna go with this whole interconnectedness. Term ah, I like that because I believe very much like it's like the the Jewish mm. role to like show everyone else in the world. I just I just read this this past week in this beautiful book saying that like is it that the Jewish people. Are chosen? No, no, no. We're chosen to show the rest of the world how they're also chosen, how mm-hmm. we're all chosen. You know, we're and light. so
0: right.
1: <clears throat> I, I really believe that uh, that once we can tap into some of this interconnectedness you can't, you can't do something that you hate to your neighbor, you want you, you to you, you you're pouring forth with wanting to do mitzvahs in the world. For sure. I feel like everything stems from just that. For sure. And that's also I think the essence of God is like this oneness, this one interconnectedness. And once we're sort of tapped into that, we're in this divine flow.
0: For sure, for sure, for sure. Jenny, um, Jewish female role models, we haven't talked about women in your family, it doesn't have to be in your family, maybe it's uh, but yeah, I'm sure you have some. Tell us, um,
1: Jewish female role models. Uh, I mean, I will. I'll definitely like throw it down with like Miriam of old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, you know, there's this um, this amazing teacher that I love. Her name is Sarah Yehudit Schneider. She lives in the old city of Jerusalem. She's a prolific author, speaker. If you're into Jewish spirituality and you're a woman, you should definitely Google Sarah with an H, Yehudit. Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she is off the hook deep with her Kabbalah that she brings down. And one of the teachings that resonate with me so much is about Miriam when she, when the, when the everyone crosses the sea, there's this one pasuk that Miriam brings the women into a circle dance. Right. And it's written in the future tense. And the rabbis are like, well, why is it in the future tense? And it has to do with the fact that Miriam and the women are all about, are, are kind of going to like rule in the in the future world Mm and like current world is sort of like this male dominated world but I actually have been seeing it with this whole coronavirus lockdown that Mm -hmm. this kind of outward world isn't existing as much anymore Mm -hmm. and that the inner world is the women's domain and everyone's home is women's domain where the women are in charge and so I feel like Miriam you know Sarah Schneider brought it down but that Miriam helped to like inspire, you know, this, this beautiful thing that the women are actually going to be running things and, uh, and that it's, it's sort of formulated through these sort of circles, which we have in like the shapes of our bodies and in the womb and in all of this, but, uh, but also that in this kind of ultimate world to come, that said, that uh, that basically everyone's kind of sitting around this circle with Hashem at this metaphoric center, so that every there, there's no like higher and lower, mm-hmm. like there is in the man's world where mm-hmm. someone's higher up and someone's lower down. It's like there's so there's this much greater equality. So uh yeah, I'll yeah, go
0: with <laughs> yeah no, I love what you're saying. And it's so true. It's like the women were the ones who it says that in the merit of the Jewish women, that the Jewish people were redeemed from Egypt, and that the women will be responsible for the next redemption also. And like you said, we see that female consciousness like going like surfacing back out to the world so much so is much. happening that women are leading, even in their approach, like even the masculine is now adopting this whole modality of collaboration and just the way women Mm -hmm. think and approach things. We
1: see it. Totally. And, you know, with veganism, it's also like a very special thing with regard to like the females, because they're really the most, you know, exploited animals, the females, because when you have dairy, like people don't think of it, but the, the cow has to get like forcibly pregnant, then they take the baby away, which is heart wrenching. And then they milk that. And same thing goes with eggs. The only way we have an egg is because, you know, a cat, uh, a a chicken has laid it. Basically, it's menstrual cycle is Mm -hmm. that egg. And so it's like that's abusing the female chicken. So it's like this whole thing of like oppression of the women that veganism helps to sort of smash all that.
0: I love album. it. I love it. I love it. Jenny, yeah. let's do let's do what I um, I coronate all my guests with like what I call JLP fill in the blanks. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few open ended sentences. Are you going to finish them with the first thing that comes to mind? Ready? Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'm Jenny Goldfarb. And I feel most spiritual when
1: I'm Jenny Goldfarb. And I feel most spiritual when I smoke that joint. Yeah!
0: sorry. <laughs> that the right answer? I love it. I love the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite mitzvah or one I connect with the most is? Ooh, my
1: favorite mitzvah is
0: returning a lost object. Oh, wow. Cool one. I haven't had that one on the show. Pretty cool. My, my fondest My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is my fondest, sweetest Jewish memory
1: is this past Purim being with my dad and my brother in a beautiful synagogue in Manhattan.
0: Oh, very nice. Purim was, is fun. I, Did you have your kids with you? It's so fun. I didn't. I was there on a business trip. And that was uh-huh. the trip where my dad got sick. So oh. it's like the last
1: time we were together, but not the last time. There'll be more times. Thank God.
0: Right, right, right. Please God. Um, something I wish I'd learned about Judaism growing up is is that it's real is that it
1: matters is that it's not just Seinfeld and bagels. Is right? That it's uh, is that there's like such a depth and such beauty here and that it really is like the secret to success and joy and redemption and individual, you know, redemption and global redemption
0: and, uh, and that it's way more than it's cracked up to be. Oh my gosh, you nailed it. Yeah, like (laughs) that's it, Jenny. That is it. One Uh second, let me ask you this. So that program that you went that one year, was your family okay with that? Or was it like, oh my gosh, she's gonna come back in a skirt and like, what's gonna be with her? Were they a little terrified?
1: (laughs) skirt. I did come back in a skirt. And, uh, and they were a little nervous. I was gonna like stay there forever and marry a guy with long payas and have 19
0: children. They were a little nervous. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. But but, but but you I'm have a beautiful back. Jewish family nonetheless. <laughs> and you're very grounded in your values. So that's beautiful. <laughs> Jenny, when I give tzedakah charity, I like to give to uh, I just gave to this beautiful new book that's coming out
1: this beautiful new Torah book. Um, wow, I, I like to give to my teachers such as Sarah Yehudichna. That I mentioned, I really like giving to Torah scholars, and I also hope to be involved in like animal sanctuary dealings with like my tzedakah at some point. But um, Wait, what's
0: what's animal sanctuary dealings? What does that mean? Oh,
1: well, there are these animal sanctuaries where they like rescue animals from farms.
0: Oh, right, yeah, right, so right,
1: right. I do want to participate in? But currently, I'm into. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I want to be able to give to a lot of different, you know, groups. And right. and right now, yeah, Torah scholars is definitely high up on the list.
0: Right. You you mentioned Meister specifically, which I'm very particular about. I always tell people on this show, like, and so it means that you know what it's all about. Did your parents yeah. were like your father as a businessman, do you ever see him be very careful with taking 10% out of like his earnings, like was always a thing? Or is that did something you <laughs> back in the day,
1: but he also got into spirituality himself. And so he's, he's very serious about that now. Now, and yeah, it's an important thing. People think it's charity or it's tzedakah. It's like, it's really ma'aser, right. which is this tithing aspect, right. which is like, it's basically like the way to keep flow in your life. Totally. Uh, it to was to be able to like give 10% of, you know, your money, your time, your energy, you know, there's so many ways that this plays out. And, so uh, and many ways.
0: and It also was never our money. That's the way like it's not it was not our money. It's like God is giving it to us. And the deal is that 10% is for you to be my agent in the world. You're guaranteed the 90%. Like you're guaranteed success. Just go and do what you need to do. You know, it's beautiful. All right, finally, I'm Jenny Goldfarb. And today I feel most grateful for
1: I'm Jenny Goldfarb. And today I feel most grateful for having a beautiful day ahead and the ability to reach out, you know, sometimes I... I come back to my desk and I say, oh, nobody emailed me about wanting to bring my product into a big national chain. And then I say, forget that, Jenny, you have the whole universe to possibly email and connect with and make magic with. And so that's really what I'm most excited about today. Good
0: for you. Good for you, uh-huh. Jenny Goldfarb. I'm on to this unreal deli. <laughs> I'm trying this. And thank. Well, let me know when the show comes out. And we'll make
1: sure to get a little discount code fired up. We for you, your will
0: audience. do that. We would love that. Hey, Much yeah. continued success. You're such an inspiration. You're amazing. Uh-huh. And we are going to be following. Tell us where we can find you so that listeners know very clearly. Yeah. So on Instagram,
1: we're just plain old Unreal Deli. And on Facebook, I think it may be Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli. But you put that in your search bar, you'll find us. And uh, unrealdeli.com is the website where we have our store page. And we'll have a nice discount for the listeners of this show. And uh, everything is CRC kosher certified. We look forward to all of the hamotsis and Birkat
0: Hamazons. And
1: uh, we're
0: keep elevating that deli people. <laughs> exactly. Listen, you're such a light keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Thank yeah, you no, so much. Gorgeous, incisive asking the right questions. You're really
1: you're so, a beautiful Jewish woman. And thank you for being out there.
0: Thanks to Jenny Goldfarb for stopping by. You can find Jenny on Instagram at unrealdeli. And if you'd like to try it, like myself, be sure to use the coupon code LATINACAST to get 15% off your order at unrealdeli.com. Remember, offer expires September 3rd. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm glad to be back. Next week, I have for you a two-part series, a two-part episode with an unbelievable woman, New York City street artist and Holocaust education advocate Hedy Pogromansky get your tissues ready though. I'm warning you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a review and rating and share the podcast with a Jewish woman you love. I will see you here next week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love.